Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hello, Ward. Howdy, Eric. You know why I'm wearing this? Why are you wearing that? It's my commitment cowboy cap. You love alliteration. <laughs> Who doesn't? Who doesn't? It is real good to be a Hoosier this week. The end of last week was incredible, exhilarating. We're going to get into all of it. But before we do, as always, we are powered by CommunityCars.com. Fade out. I mean, if you're Evan Martin and Community Cars, you just got to love that you know that in an episode like this, it's all going to be optimistic. Like, at least we're not going to be angry as we talk about community cars because there's been some of those as well. And I just always feel a little bit bad about it, but not then we make up for it in spades with a show like today. I feel like entering the community cars realm is a happy place, which is so anti-buying a car vibe, right? Normally it's like, oh, I'm filled with dread and despair. This is going to be awful. But even if that's normally the process with buying a car, if that's maybe normally how we feel as Indiana Hoosier fans, when we get talking about community cars, it makes me happy because it makes me think about Evan. It makes me think about your pleasant experience purchasing a car through his company and how it's actually improved the lives of many of our listeners who have taken us up on this offer of going to community cars and getting a free car. Free car. <laughs> free car. Just throw that in there. Everybody, free cars at community cars. Look. Great company, great people, big part of the community, employing 300 people. Whether you want to do it, uh, buy your car via email and online, whether you want to do it on the phone, you want to go in in person, however you want to do it, they will tailor the experience to you. Whether you're in Indiana or out, if you're in any of the continental United States, they do not ship internationally. I think they can get it to Alaska and Hawaii. I mean, like... You think about that. That's not easy. Like Hawaii's further away than several other countries. I'll be honest. I don't know if they can get a car to Hawaii. I don't I, know. I thought we had that confirmed. We confirmed that they could not do international. Oh, okay. Now we've. Daryl. <laughs> hey, Eric, what's going on? Uh, I need you to call over to community cars and figure out if they can ship to Alaska and Hawaii. What's their phone number? 
Well, Daryl, just look it up, man. They've been our sponsor for like over a year. Okay. So just call them. Can't help you, bro. <laughs> hey, Daryl, how many states are in the United States? <laughs> you stumped him on that one. <laughs> yeah, he's got nothing. All right. Thanks, Daryl. All right. So look, there's one story to talk about this week. I mean, just one. Let's focus the intro in on this, which is the excitement, the fervor, the hype, the buzz, the elation related to the commitment of five-star, six-foot-eight wing from New Jersey, Mackenzie Umbaco. He committed to Indiana on Friday afternoon around, what was it, around 5.50 p.m. Eastern time, and he chose us over Kansas. And it was pure elation. What, what, what went through your mind when you heard the news? Well, it was so down to the wire. It was so down to the wire with not even Bill Self or, or the Indiana coaching staff really knowing until everybody did. Obviously, they got the call, I think, right before the announcement, but you, you didn't get the smoke, the tea leaves, the rabiat falling out of his chair. So you could feel this tension and excitement building. And and in when we knew it was down to us in Kansas, all the early signs were Kansas. There was so much confidence coming out of Lawrence that I kind of started making my peace with that already. But then as it started to be like, well, maybe we do have a chance. Well, nobody knows that it, it this roller coaster ride that has been the transfer portal season just built to this incredible climax that either would have been man i am going to be bummed out during this dead period or me and all other fellow hoosiers are we're just going to be riding this high that popped at 5 50 p.m eastern on friday it's it's you mentioned kansas but like in a way we also he preferred to come to us than duke or or all the other major schools that had initially offered him or came back around on the re-recruitment, we beat out the best of the best for this one. We beat out Patino. I mean, we beat out Patino. We beat out, even though he's not like, he hasn't established himself yet, but beating Louisville with Kenny Payne there, where all we've heard about is how he's got these amazing connections and the recruits are going to come flocking to him. He was involved. He couldn't even get a visit. Well, and beyond just Kenny Payne's supposed prowess was that he had the assistant from Duke who recruited the Nolan Smith. Yeah, McKenzie's guy was at Louisville. That's why they seemed like the team to beat when this process began. And then when it came down to us versus Kansas, look, if you're a reasonable person, which we are not, but, but let's just play the reasonable game for a second. And you look at Kansas versus Indiana. Kansas has won a national championship very recently. Kansas has been to multiple Final Fours. Kansas has been one of the top four programs in all of college basketball for the last 20 years. In in history. Yeah, sure. But uh, you're right. You're right. I'm just talking about in the modern era, they yes. are clearly, it's them, it's Duke, it's Villanova, Kansas, North Carolina, right? Like those are the schools. Kentucky. That, Oh, yeah. So so what is it? Kansas, Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina, Villanova. Five. Yeah. And you could throw in UConn. Um, yeah. I mean, wh- how far back? Calhoun years and now yeah. back up. But 
you know, there's five or six that are the elite, elite, elite. And Kansas is the elite, elite, elite. They've delivered NBA players. They've got history. They've got the legendary coach. They have a playing style that players like playing in. They play in a conference that has a playing style that players like playing in. They have the original rules of college basketball in their building. Yes. I mean, they are synonymous with basketball the way that we like to think we are. So when you do the pros and cons, it's like, well, what did we have to offer? We had opportunity. We had a slot that there wasn't anybody else that that really could take that slot. I mean, there's Caleb Banks, who's, I think, going to get real minutes. But there's clear opportunity in a way that there wasn't at Kansas. And then we've got Woody and this staff. And that's that's the game. That's the ball game is because NIL, there's NIL big op- opportunities of NIL at Kansas. There's good op- NIL opportunities at Indiana. NBA, I think, is fairly awash. I, I think that, you know, there's Woody's got a shorter track record of delivering guys to the NBA, but clearly delivering Jalen Hood, Shafino, and Trace matter for sure. But Bill Self's got a dozen of those guys. Yeah. You know, so that's a wash. What it comes down to is kick ass on the visit, build a quick relationship, impress the family, and you've got the opportunity. And you got to give full credit to the staff on this one. I mean, you just do. Yeah, and we'll get into it more with our interview today about how it is a team effort. It's like the whole family gets involved and it's really remarkable when you do, you have you have a place like Kansas with all the things you mentioned and that like everything else, it comes down to relationships and, and this one had to be built from nothing and and to get to such a level of comfort and strength and confidence from the 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 kid the young man and his family with this staff in such a short period of time it really speaks to how they connect on a human level and i think that you're going to want to keep listening because there's a really interesting tidbit coming up in our interview today that explains how this recruitment got kicked off which seems very Well, I shouldn't say very because you can't modify this word, but it's unique. It is a unique circumstance and not how we think most recruitments get kicked off. And I, I loved it. So clearly the narrative for the entire transfer portal season, recruiting class for 2023 and preseason leading up to the 23, 24 season has been turned on its head. Yeah. I mean, it just has. Well, there was reason for angst and frustration. Yes, and it's been building for a long time. We were all excited when Gabe Cups and Ja'Kai Newton said, yeah, hey, we're coming there. And then there's just been this really long stretch of like, yeah, but who else? Well, we'll have to wait and see for the portal and see who decommits and we can grab. But th- zero guarantees. Yes, a short, good track record of doing a good job in those recruitments, but you don't know who's going to be out there. You don't know what the connections are going to be. And it's like, oh, we're all holding our breath. And then it's the wild, wild west. People are coming. They're going. Oh, my gosh. What the hell is our team going to look like? And then, boom, here the, the dust is settling with one scholarship still to fill. And we'll see how that goes once the NBA draft process has sorted itself out. But it's like, holy shit, we got some talent that's going to be on this team. And the the roller coaster ride that has been this window since the season ended, you know, a lot of times roller coaster rides end with nausea. 
But, well, for but, me, they they end with just just violent, violent vomiting. Yeah. I mean, that's what they end with. Every well, one of them. This I occasionally have ones that end with euphoria, and I am happy to say for hopefully both you and me and all of Hoosier Nation, this is a euphoric roller coaster ride we've been on. Yeah, and a necessary one. I mean, for for the betterment of Indiana University basketball, we needed we needed a big wing who could score. Like that is what we needed. We haven't had it in a long time. And this roster, especially with getting Khalil Ware, which plugged up the five hole, versatile, great, but some questions about Khalil that I think are fair based on what happened to him last year, you know, and, and him, you know, being committed to getting better at the things that he, that he needs to get better at, which we've been told that he is and he wants to. But that commitment was so weird because it was so fast. He decommitted from Oregon. He didn't take a lot of visits. He came to Indiana. He didn't visit anywhere else, and it was done. There was much less drama with that one than there was with this one. And this one makes the Khalil one even better because in tandem, you've got a five-star top 10 player from the class of 2022 in Khalil Ware. You've got Malik Renu, a borderline five-star from the class of 2022. You now have a bona fide top 10 player in the class of 2023. You have that front line is, and then back it up with Peyton Sparks and Anthony Walker. Mm -hmm. And that front line went from, holy shit, what are we going to do to replace Trace and Race? And we lost Logan and lost Jordan Geronimo. And, and, and lost I, even, you know, Miller in terms of that three spot. Sure. Just... But in aggregate, I think on paper it's better. I mean, it's it looks better than it was last year. And that is ridiculous considering we had one of the greatest players to ever play at Indiana and Trace Jackson Davis anchoring that front line. It's, yeah. It just I'll, makes it all amazing. I, I would pump the brakes on better because if you're talking about like raw talent, I think on paper, that's a strong argument. But again, with the experience, the knowledge of, of what trace and Miller and race brought, that was like 37 years of experience. Between yes. Those I agree three with guys. you. I, race Thompson was a fine basketball player. He was fine. He was regular. Well, he was yes. regular. Yes, but rather than turning it into about that, my, what, what <laughs> I'm I, a little loopy, Ward. For good reason, and we all should be, because when you talk about that three through five, and it's not only like the pure talent and Malik clearly showing so many flashes and, and what these two other guys, um, a lot of people say, well, these guys are absolutely NBA guys, and that's certainly part of the reason why they're going to be in Bloomington next year is be they they want to be unlocked to become that but really for any of them to do well individually and raise their draft stock I think you know that's really going to uh if they don't win if they don't look good out there I don't know how much it's really going to help them and I just don't think we've got a program where, hey, you just take the ball and do whatever you want and get yours and just make sure that the scouts see enough of you flashing to draft you high. It's like, no, you guys are all going to have to work together. So not only are we all happy because you're winning, but for these NBA GMs and scouts who look, we just went through it with the NFL. It's no different in the NBA, like character and being about the right things. That really plays into It does this. matter. 
Yeah, for sure. And let me go back to what I was saying about race, because I'm kind of in my head. I keep thinking about what we've been told by several people, which is to really compete at the highest levels of college basketball routinely. You need three pros on the team, right? I mean, I think I think our guest today was one of the people who said that to us in our first conversation with him. Yeah, I think Bruiser Flint call. said it to us. You know, um, we've heard that from multiple people. You need three. Well, last year we had two. You know, we had Trace and Jalen, and we saw where that got us. We were good enough to make the tournament and win a game, but we weren't good enough to make a deep, deep run. This year, Khalil Ware has the potential to be an NBA player. Mackenzie Mbako has the potential to be an NBA player. So you kind of have your two there. And then do you have a third? Well, Malik Renew, if he keeps progressing, if he expands his game, which Indiana thought that he could, Malik could be potentially a pro. You know, Xavier, I think, is right on that borderline of being a pro, depending on fully healthy and and his shot being consistent. But he certainly has the physical attributes. But that's kind of what I meant. Like race, I don't as as good as race was for the program for 17 years. He no one ever thought this is a pro. This yeah. is an NBA player. So the ceiling, I would argue, has been raised ever so slightly versus last year. And I am excited as hell for it, excited as hell for it. And we haven't been this excited since the season ended. We've been depressed a little bit, yeah. even with Khalil, even when Khalil committed, it was like, okay, huge talent didn't go well at Oregon, but it's only one guy and it's replacing trace. Who's an all timer. So how excited can we be about that? This changes the game. It does. And along the way, we haven't got a chance to talk to Peyton Sparks. You know, I'm sure coming out of Michael Lewis's program, we're getting a fine young man there. We did get a chance to talk to Anthony Walker. If our listeners have not listened to that yet, do yourself a favor. Do it. You're going to love that guy. And I have a sneaky suspicion that we're going to talk to the Khalil and McKenzie in the coming weeks as well. Um, I like that suspicion. Um, I'll be there for it. But as far as Anthony <laughs> Walker goes, you know, you're just talking about a kid who said the main thing he loves and he prides himself on is being the first down at either end of the floor. And I do, I always like to oh, fantasize what do we look like running different actions with all these really big, really athletic guys. And, you know, that's going to be so different, obviously, on the offensive end. We're, we're going to have a different look. We're going to have a different flow. But I also think about the defensive side of things. And these guys are so big. They're so long. They're so fast. It's, it's going to be really hard for the opposing team to find much daylight. Yeah, I mean, it is exciting as hell. But Ward, let's get to some other business before we get directly to our interview today. So you want me to set you up to say that we are brought to you back. IU Ventures presents a segment without pretense. Who's your hoopla just for you? Just as dumb as it gets, but uh, two, two big business points to cover here with IU Ventures. They've been our partner now for a year, uh, not a year, about half a year. A season. And a season. You're right. They have been our partner for a season, sponsoring the Hoosier Hoopla segment. And they have 
a big IU Founders and Funders Venture Summit that is coming up. It's actually coming up just in a couple days, May 18th to 19th at the Union at Indiana. It's really an incredible summit that they put together that gives founders of companies and people who want to be funders the ability to network, be part of some seminars, get to ask questions, get some unique access to things like a behind the scenes tour of Memorial Stadium, get to be part of a symposium where Scott Dolson is going to interview Tom Allen and kind of talk about business culture and leadership and how to build an organization. They have a founders panel where they get some people that are, have IUDNA in them that have built companies like Alan Henderson yeah. to be part of it. Oh, yeah. So, it's very limited attendance. I think they only allow like under 200 people, but go to iuventures.com right now to be part of this summit. If you're in the Bloomington area and May 16th, May 18th and 19th, you've got some time. This is an incredible thing. There's a networking event at Nick's. It's really cool. I, I, I'm sad we can't be there. Me too. Hopefully we will be next year. There's That may be in the works, but it's just think about the caliber of people who are going to be there. Never mind the guests, just the other attendees, whether they're young, ambitious or 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 middle aged, ambitious entrepreneurs or or folks who have done well enough that they're looking to invest and grow their portfolio and help um, other Hoosiers get their their dreams a rolling. It's just going to be such a motivated, engaged crowd who wouldn't want to be a part of that. Get there if you can. Either way, go to iuventures.com, sign up, make sure you got the newsletter, make sure you're keeping in the loop about this stuff. If it's too late for this year, you can circle it on your calendar for next year when they send out word. Absolutely. But that's not the only thing we're going to talk about with IU Ventures. No, 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 no. No, they probably wish it was. <laughs> but let, let me just set the stage here. So they have been our partner for, like Ward said, since the basketball season. I think the first time we partnered up with them was right after the North Carolina game or right before the North Carolina game. Yep. They are incredible people. And I'm going to leave this gentleman's name out of it. <laughs> but our main point there, who kind of is one of the people in charge of IU Ventures, is one of the nicest guys in the world. Huge IU guy, IU graduate, grew up in Indiana, he would not say a bad word about anyone. I mean, he is just such a good dude. And all he cares about is helping IU funders or founders, helping IU funders get paired up with a company. He's just about everything right, which is the biggest reason why we got into business with them is because we just love the DNA of their organization. So we had our year-end Zoom call with him and our representative from Learfield and IU Sports Properties to talk about the partnership going forward. Now, granted, I know many of you might hit the fast forward button, but you don't want to. This is a good story. Stick around for the punchline. <laughs> so we're we get on the Zoom. It's four of us. And we start talking about the, the season that was and were they happy with the partnership? And they they were. I mean, he was he was ecstatic about about almost everything. And he said to us, he said, I just love what you guys do. I mean, you really, you know, I mean, he couldn't have been more gracious and generous. You over delivered. We love it. We saw a spike in our signups, which by the way, thank you to everybody who listening, who went to iuventures.com. Let's keep that going. Yes, please. Um, I just loved everything. I love the interviews. I love what you did. I love the segments. I just cannot stand no, no. First he says, first he says, sorry, back up. He goes, 
but do I have to pay extra for that jingle? And we kind of laughed, right? Like, ha, 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 yeah, you know, we were all excited about it because I thought it was a cool thing that Ward created this this jingle for him. And he goes, do I have to pay extra? Well, no, 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 we're laughing. And he goes, because I cannot stand it. It is nails on a chalkboard. This is this is what I remember here. He goes, that redneck's yeah. voice just grates on my nerves. <laughs> that redneck's voice just grates on my nerves. I can only take a couple seconds of it every time I have to skip past it. And I, it's hard <laughs> to articulate the joy that I felt while he was saying that. And watching Ward's face take it all in who by the way i give you credit incredible sport but we let him just roll about how much he hates the voice it annoys him it's the only thing about what we do that he can't stand redneck grates on my nerves and then we just pause and let him finish and i said person's name that voice is ward <laughs> And then, and then the normal uh, Caucasian flesh tone of his face erupted into a Hoosier crimson. He oh, just instantly, I'm... from from neck to the top of his head, beat red. <laughs> beat red. I saw a flop sweat that started. I was upset that we weren't recording it because I would love to have played it back for all of you and for Ward over and over and over and over again. It was remarkable. He, the, the, I liken it to Albert Brooks in Broadcast News when he just cannot control the sweating and it is just pouring out of him. That's what happened to this guy. It got turned on immediately. Face went red. It was remarkable. And then, Ward, you did have a great line. I don't know if you remember your line. No. He was apologizing. I mean, falling over himself. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And Ward said, person's name one thing i can tell you in the years we've been doing this podcast the best possible thing that can happen to us is when something really bad happens to the other one <laughs> that's what you said and it was so true it was like we both knew there's our intro story <laughs> yeah we did tell him that this would make it into the intro and um, we were, you know, just because we knew how bad he felt during the rest of the conversation, we made sure to call back to it like two to three times just, just to keep seeing him squirm. God bless him. It was dynamite. It was I was giggling about it for the rest of the day. And if we continue the partnership, which we hope to, the jingle staying. Oh yeah, I might I just, I might turn up the volume a little. Yeah, you might have to double down on it. You might have you might have to work in a lyric about the fact that the guy paying for it hates it. <laughs> you might have to spin that lyric a little. Listen, Ward, uh, there's some other stuff that we could talk about, but I think we'll talk about it next week. We got Hoosier Fantasy Experience in full gear coming up August 17th to 20th. Go to HoosierFantasyExperience.com to sign up right now for the Fantasy Camp. Uh, the golf outing, and I believe the Women's Youth Camp Fan Fest tickets will go go on sale soon. But a lot of stuff coming up that's really exciting to talk about, some NIL news. But we love I mean, having today's guest on. We do. We do. But, you know, we just got to say, clearly NIL is a huge part of the conversation when it comes to getting guys like this 
uh, and the reason it's almost taken for granted now that IU can play in the NIL space and not be uh, out of contention before they even get a shot is because of so many of our listeners, folks on Twitter, folks on Peegs, putting in whatever they can, whenever they can. And there's, there's a growing war chest that is just making anybody we want to recruit immediately know that that is taken care of but it's not taken care of forever or for good or for everyone that has to keep growing but i think everybody who's contributed uh hey great job you are making these recruitments possible and anybody who's been thinking about it but is maybe waiting to see how much it matters well you have multiple case studies now where this matters and it's it's not going anywhere so keep up the good work people and remember, we're in the middle of our $100,000 matching fundraising campaign right now. We have a generous contributor who has agreed to match up to $100,000 in contributions to hhnil.com till July 1st. So we've just got about a month and a half left. I fe- I'm feeling very good about it, but we need your help to get us over the over the edge. And, and you know, every dollar you give is worth two. So go to hhnil.com. We appreciate every penny and every dollar that's been given to it. Let's keep it going. And let's get to our very special guest. Here comes a guest. Here comes a guest. Ward, you recording? I am now. All right. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, he's back. He's back. He's back. He's back right before the dead period. He needs to get the hell out of here and get a little R&R because this man has been working his ass off. Who is this guy, Eric? Hailing from Arlington, Virginia. (laughs) He attended Duquesne University where he shot a very pedestrian (laughs) 39.6% from the field. Uh, are we Not going through great. this again? Please. Not please. Great. Stop it. He got his master's degree in education where he has not used it at all, at all. since getting it from NC State. He's been an assistant coach at Duquesne, Xavier, Georgetown, Nebraska. And right before where he is now, he was an assistant at UConn. And they dumped his ass and won a national championship. <laughs> <laughs> they say when I leave, you, they get better. So they but better. please welcome <laughs> one of our favorite people in the world, Kenya Hunter. Hey, the only thing that saves my butt from uh, leaving UConn is that I did leave him a good player, Jordan Hawkins. So oh, wow. I can't really talk much smack on me when they when it comes to that. So. Well, when that happens, I got a lot. Of, I got way. a lot of good uh, texts from people who, who uh, they know that uh, Jordan Hawkins is there, and and I was one of the reasons why he he got there. So, do you take some pride from when you obviously you were competing for a national championship too? But Indiana gets <laughs> knocked out. When you see that though, are you rooting for UConn and and Jordan Hawkins after Indiana is is out? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, those guys, I still talk to Kamani Young and a couple other staff members there. And obviously Jordan, who I know his family very well. Um, I stayed in contact with them as well. So, yeah, definitely rooted for them and uh, glad that he was able to go out like he did. It was very nice. Thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've got to say, that's the first time our guest's introduction has become a roast. And you and you handled it very well. 
Um, <laughs> just give us a sense of this this portal madness. We've all been following it way too closely, but yeah. g- give us a, an assessment of like, okay, now you get how much time off, and then what is the rest of the transfer portal season, if there is such a thing, look like for you? What What else are you going to do? Well, right now we have one scholarship available, so we'll we'll sit on that and uh, obviously waiting to see, you know, what happens, who's going to stay in the draft, who's going to take their name out um, by May 31st. So we have a little bit of time um, to decompress a little bit because, you know, up until, you know, us, the other, other uh, can I, can I say, isn't yeah. it? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> up until us getting uh, McKenzie, it's, it's been, uh, it's been kind of crazy as far as, you know, trying to make sure you're involved and uh, stay in tune with, you know, who can really be a valuable option for us. And as you guys know, we don't recruit a lot of guys. Um, they have to be kind of a fit to, you know, how we do things here and just get more and more information kind of helps us, you know, assess what we need to do moving forward. But getting him, that kind of uh, really solidified us, especially, you know, uh, at the wing spot uh, to give us two guys, him and and, and Caleb Banks and, you know, we can move guys up and down the ladder, you know, but, you know, a guy that we know that can really shoot the ball. Um, so we're excited about McKenzie and, you know, we'll sit on this one scholarship and see, you know, if there's anything else that we can, you know, that attracts us that we feel like can really help us. All I right. I want to, I want to talk about McKenzie, but before we do, I want to follow up on the one scholarship left. Mm-hmm. Is it fair to say, that you would be focused on shooting for that last scholarship, or is it more wide than the fan base would assume? Yeah, it's more wide than what the fan base would assume. I, I, I mean, obviously, we have to shoot the ball better. You know, from year one to year two, we did shoot the ball better. We had a really good summer. We focused in more on shooting uh, with this team coming in. We got a lot of new pieces. It's still going to be a high premium on shooting the ball. I think we have guys that are capable of making shots. So uh, I, I don't think it's the shooting more than the better player, the best player that fits into what we feel like can help us win as a team. So I think that's the biggest thing going into it is like, you know, does he fit to what the guys that we have in our program right now, would that person fit in and, and you know, kind of put us over the top or or help us with our depth in some some kind of capacity. So that's what we're looking for more than anything. Is it harder than we think? Because we it feels like ever since Archie showed up, mm-hmm. we've all said, okay, now we just we just really need to get a sharpshooter. We just need to get like a sniper, an assassin. And here we are having the same conversation. Is there just not that many out there available? Or is uh, it that there's so many other criteria required to play at IU that a lot of them are eliminated? No, don't get me wrong. Shooting is definitely something that we're looking for. I mean, in this 24 class, we're trying to identify that um, and make sure we we have, you know, guys on the list that, you know, are, are capable shooters and have, you know, good percentages, 
you know, uh, but uh, again, it's a, it's a lot more that goes into the game uh, more than shooting. Um, and so, uh, you know, like I said, our percentages went up. We didn't shoot as many, but right. we made more, you know? So, Can you talk about that though, Kenya? Because I think that when you look back at last year, clearly the percentage was, was significantly higher, mm-hmm. but when you look at some of the other really elite teams, they shoot a lot more than we did right. last year. Because when you're not shooting as many threes, it just makes the margin for error so much smaller because you've got to be so efficient on twos, which are Mm -hmm. difficult. Um, Is that something that you think is going to change moving forward, that Indiana has to shoot more threes? Yeah, I mean, you guys know our style is going to change just because, you know, uh, of Trace Jackson Davis not being here. I mean, he demanded the ball. We would have been foolish not to throw it in almost every time down and play off of him. And so the shots that our guys got were off of inside out more, more times than not. And so they were good quality shots. Uh, and, you know, moving forward, you know, coaches talked about, you know, our style of play changing, um, you know, just more a little bit more pick and roll, but, you know, uh, but just in transition, trying to get down the floor and and get quick strikes, as we call it. Um, but I, I think we'll be a little different pace uh, having Xavier Johnson back, um, you know, obviously with his speed and being able to attack. I think, we, you know, we'll, we'll be quicker as far as getting in transition. Khalil, his versatility going inside out, pick and pop. Um, so that brings a new dynamic where, you know, we didn't have that. We can do more five out kind of stuff um, that that will help us offensively as well. So. I'm excited about the the new pieces and parts that we have um, just to get them here and get get working uh, this summer. Let's get into that a little bit with Khalil, because obviously here's a guy whose potential is seemingly unlimited, but Mm -hmm. it wasn't a great situation at Oregon. And I think a lot of people are like, look what Coach Woody and his staff did with Trace over those last two years. And now we're all kind of like, what is this lump of clay that's coming from the West Coast? And what can we expect you guys to do with his game over this summer going into what a lot of people are saying is going to be his only season in Bloomington? Yeah, yeah. No, we're excited about it just because, you know, he brings a, a different dynamic than what Trace, you know, he may need to, get better a little bit with more back to the basket stuff. So we'll do both. I think that's the versatility that we're excited about uh, that he brings, but you know, he can, he's capable of shooting threes. So, um, you know, that pick and pop off of a drag or, you know, transition trailing threes, you know, uh, you'll see a a different dimension in him bringing that to the table. So, um, I'm excited about it, but I think his growth is is going to, you know, it's going to be huge for us just because, you know, we need him to be good. And, um, you know, it's just his conditioning and making sure uh, he's up to par with what we do uh, offensively and defensively. And I don't think uh, that's not going to be hard to do. So I'm excited take, about it. I just want to take a step back from the individual recruits to talk about the transfer portal and, mm. you know, and also NIL and how that plays into it. How yeah. insane is your life now? I mean, it's changed dramatically in the last couple of years with the, with the transfer portal, the way it is and NIL being part of it. How in the world are you guys able to manage this and still do 
all the other things that you still need to do, which is planning for the future, the 2024 and beyond kids, making sure that workouts for the guys that are on campus now are going well. How much has your life changed with this new transfer portal and and Uh, NIL? It's it's changed. Um, It it makes it a little bit more transactional, I think, uh, more than the relationship part of it, which I enjoy because I think – in order for guys to, to really stay in your program, you got to get to know them and their family. Uh, so that, that you know that's changed uh, a bit. But at the end of the day, we're trying to you know, uh, especially um, in in the future coming up, it's like our class is the twenty four twenty five class. We're trying to identify guys that you know um, that are talented, but we feel like we can build a culture uh, here. Uh, and keep guys in our program. We don't want to be in a transfer portal every spring. Now, we know when guys are not playing or you lose a guy because he goes to the NBA, um, you know, you may have to dip into the portal, but we don't want to be like we were this past season where we're losing or having to get five guys out of the transfer portal. Um, And so that's what we're trying to stay out of and keep the bulk of our team intact if we can. I just want to follow up on that real quick. Look, you've been doing this for a long time, Kenya, and you you know the right way to do things. And I'm sure you've made mistakes or been part of staffs that have made mistakes and you learn from those. Do you look back at the last couple of years? You talked about how you don't want to be in this position again mm-hmm. um, that you were this year. Now, some of it is not under your control. You know, I mean, it just so happened. Yeah, we have- Four seniors. Yes. But, (laughs) but are you, do you look at like the 2023 class, which we've got great guys in Gabe and Jakai coming in, but it was a small class, only two guys in the freshman class. Do you look back at that and think maybe we should have hit that class harder or earlier or what, what exactly happened that led to this? Yeah. Just the uncertainty of actually what, what, what parts were we going to need? You know, we knew we needed inside guys, but in the 23 class, it, it wasn't too much traction with guys that were big guys, uh, you know, in that class that we really felt that could come in and as a freshman be able to help. Uh, we're losing older guys. And so uh, we knew um, that we would have to address the transfer portal with big guys. Um, so we couldn't just take all young guys and then expect to, to keep the momentum of winning because, you know, uh, it doesn't happen. I mean, you got to be the Dukes of the world where you're getting five stars at every position, especially inside, if you're going to be able to compete uh, like that. So um, that's one of the reasons why we got ourselves caught in a position of having three available four scholarships in the spring um, because we needed to address the front court and most of our front court guys were older guys. How do you get off of that carousel a little bit? Because like a guy like <laughs> you're a, not gonna get off. Is this this is the new way? I mean it's, So you it's, just you're just this is the new way. We're gonna have to be pretty heavy in the transfer portal every year because yeah, not not as you know, like I said, if we get a large class in the twenty four class, we could have at least four to five scholarships, four at least four scholarships. Right. You know, in this upcoming uh, 24. So can we get three or four guys early? And then depending on what our needs are, you know, we're going to be in the transfer portal again, you know. So sure. it's, it's a new norm, if, if you want to call it that. 
Well, and let's not forget this this class of 23 now includes a top 10 stud. And that's how Malik came along too, right? And so obviously it's got to feel a little bit like playing with fires. Like, yeah, we're just going to get a five-star who uh, decommits from his original school every spring. Like, but you guys are proving very adept at these short-term recruitments, whether it's transfer portal or guys who decommit from a school because of a coaching change or a player coming back without giving secrets away to our enemies why are you guys so good at these quick recruitments? Uh, I think it's our staff and whole, especially when we're able to get kids on campus. Um, they see the unity that we have um, on our staff. Um, and I think that, you know, once they get here, I think we do a good job of showing them uh, the vision and the plan that we have uh, for them. So, uh, just being real people. I, I, honestly, I think um, that's why uh, we've a, we've been able, especially in the spring, to have that kind of momentum. Is just you know being genuine people that is in depth as far as what we're talking about, uh, whether what position they're they're playing or uh, just everyone in our staff just on the same page. And so uh, I credit you know uh, Brian and and Yah. And, you know, just our staff in general, from the GAs to, you know, uh, Mike Stump, everyone's involved on our visits. It's like an army when when the recruits come here and they just see the togetherness and just, you know, uh, genuine people. And and I think that's has that has helped us in the springtime. So and, and a little bit on the logistic, just to follow up there mm-hmm. for when these guys show up. And, and maybe you've been tracking them for a few weeks or a couple of months. Is it really to be able to tailor that visit to them, specifically when you're talking about how they're going to fit into your program playing style and stuff like mm-hmm. that, is there a lot of film work that goes into that for you yeah. guys? And who's yes. who's kind of – who's cutting that tape and yeah. Mike, making Mike, those presentations? Mike Stump and uh, Isaac Green, our GA, um, um, they are very involved in that, and um, they do it. Like I said, they do a heck of a job of just, you know, we're able to, you know, show them our style of play and implement some of the things that the recruit is good at and how they fit into how our style is. So um, just showing the picture and trying to paint a picture of, you know, envisioning them, themselves in our program, and so. Um, they do a really good job of that. And so I think that's helped us. And, um, you know, we've we've been able to finish. <laughs> so it, it's been really good. Well, let's talk about McKenzie specifically. So McKenzie, one of the top players in the country, commits to Duke. Seems like that's where he's going to go. Then obviously some noise around his decommitment happens. It happens. And then there's a whole bunch of schools with pretty big heavy hitter coaches and programs that that move to the forefront we're hearing about St. John's now with Rick Pitino obviously which is kind of a game changer up there uh, and a new entrant into big time recruitments but we hear about Kansas we hear about Louisville with Kenny Payne and the ties to CAA and and Rutgers even you know I think we we heard about for a little how quickly did you as a staff get in on that recruitment 
And and look, I think this is be good for fans to understand. How does that start, Kenya? Because he was repped by CAA. He is mm-hmm. repped by CAA. Agencies are totally legal now in college right. basketball. We talk about it. We deal with them all the time for mm-hmm. NIL deals. Um, and I deal with them in my my day job as well. But but how quickly do you get into the McKenzie recruitment? And what's the first step in making that happen? Well, again, it, it comes back to what you guys talked about a little bit earlier, just the relationships um, that are formed uh, from our staff and people knowing um, with within the agency, just knowing different people on our staff that kind of helps you uh, in that sense. So, uh, but McKenzie's deal is kind of unique because the crazy thing is McKenzie mom reached out to coach Woodson. So with a text. And so, uh, that's initially how it got started. Um, wow. What, what was that about? Did they know him. each other? Uh, no, um, didn't, didn't know him, but just, uh, you know, obviously being from the New Jersey area, um, coach being a Nick guy and just the people around. So she actually reached out to coach first, and, you know, uh, inquired about us, you know, recruiting her son. So that that's initially how it kind of came about. And then, you know, within the people that Coach knew and Coach Yah knew, um, you know, they started the process of, you know, seeing, getting more information and getting in depth with, you know, his recruitment. And then it just kind of, you know, day by day, week by week, it just started picking up traction. And so, um, you know, that that's initially how it started. And then, you know, once he narrowed down his schools and we were able to, you know, show them kind of a plan, we did a Zoom with them. Um, and then uh, after the Zoom, it was trying to schedule a visit and get them on campus. So that's that's kind of how it started. And, and then obviously you guys know the rest. Once he came to campus, it was over. Well, <laughs> was it was it though? Because uh, I'm sure you're on the pigs message board several times a day, like we are. Can you read those things? <laughs> I, I really, I, really, I, Ward. I, I'm disappointed. In I'm you. a lurker. I'm a lurker. <laughs> I, I I don't dis, I, I don't participate. I don't want the down votes. Um, but I like to see people going crazy. Yeah. So when we're all waiting there and we hear the visit goes well, and you, you kind of always hear the visit goes well, mm-hmm. all right, then the, the Louisville cance- uh, cancellation is great, right? We're all like, yeah, he's not going to Louisville. And then it comes out, it's us versus Kansas. And by all indications, this has been one of the most tightly held recruitments mm-hmm. and final decisions in recent memory. How do you deal with those days and hours in between knowing you really nailed the visit, but not knowing if you got the kid? How do you cope with that? From being in this business for a long time and understanding that you're going to win some and you're going to lose some. And, you know, when you put your best foot forward on a visit and you kind of recruit the kid the right way, you know, let the chips fall where they may. But at the end of the day, I thought we did a very good job of, you know, showing them on the visit and then just trying to follow up and any questions or concerns that they may have had. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, once that had happened, you know, you wipe your hands and, you know, you just sit and wait patiently until, you know, you kind of get that sign. And we didn't get that sign until 
very late. So, uh, you know, no one knew, but uh, it was an exciting moment uh, for our staff because, um, you know, he is a really good talent and we're excited to have him. How did you so, find out? He called coach. And you and all did, like ran coach, into the office. Yeah. Does coach bring you all into the room or is he just in a, by himself? Uh, no, he actually, he uh, kind of told us he was calling at a certain time just to let us know one way or the other. So we were all gathered up and a big roar came out. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Um, I have, I have a few questions specifics about this. Mm -hmm. A lot was made online about the pictures that went out of McKenzie on his visit, especially with the Nigerian flag that was mm -hmm. draped around his shoulders that mm -hmm. I thought was a really nice touch. And a lot of people have talked about that. Um, whose idea was that? And how, how do you even know to, to do that? And, and so it doesn't feel like you're being, you know, cheap and exploitive, but like right. that this is going to be a meaningful thing to this kid. Yeah, I think uh, doing doing our homework a little bit, and then we we have uh, we have some guys in here that are very creative and, and very, you know, they they think about you know just you know talking to the kid a little bit and understanding his his makeup and background. And uh, my man uh, Adam Howard was kind of in charge of that, and um, you know it, it was it was it was spot on to be quite honest and uh you know they again i i can't tell you enough and i like everyone's involved in what we do here as far That's as great. recruiting everyone's involved and you know i give him a lot of credit um yeah gas in general have done a great job this year um and so um yeah he came up with that idea and and uh it it, it was a hit I want one quick follow-up here on, on how this recruitment ended. I remember when I was a kid and you would play youth basketball, you get on the court, you don't know the team you're playing till you get there maybe. Mm -hmm. And then you look across the way and, you know, this is before scouting reports, even in high school, we didn't really have scouting reports. You look across the way. And if you saw some big six foot six, six foot eight guys, you were like, God, damn it we're not we're gonna get our asses kicked today but if i looked across and i saw a bunch of guys who looked like me i was like all right game on game on when you're in a recruitment and it comes down to you and bill self and kansas who is a behemoth in the college basketball game one of the best recruiters that has ever been multiple national titles now do you look across and go god damn it couldn't this one have been a little easier or do you look across and go it's time to beat this guy and show that we're in this game. Yeah, I mean, again, you you can't discredit all the the, the hype as far as Kansas and Bill itself. I mean, they're unbelievable program, and the things that they've done over the years is is unbelievable. And you know what you do is is just like again, you you compare and contrast, but you look at what they've done and what he's done. Um, but at the end of the day, it's all about us and what uh, Indiana has done in the last two years. So you have a little momentum with that. And just the opportunity at the end of the day, it came down for the opportunity for McKenzie that he saw that he felt like that he could flourish here. I, I really believe that. 
Uh, we have an unbelievable opportunity. He wasn't able to meet a lot of the guys, but, um, you know, uh, Xavier went to dinner with him one night. Um, so he got a chance to meet him and a couple guys were around on his visit. It was a lot of buzz here because of graduation. Mm-hmm. Um, so people knew he was on campus. So I think all of that, um, you know, generated the momentum and, uh, and helped us in the visit. But yeah, when you, you comparing Bill Self to, you know, uh, and you're looking over there, it's like, damn. And we were either going to be playing with him or against him. So. Yes. <laughs> much better this way. Much yeah, better, much this, better way. this way. You, you mentioned Definitely. X and you've said how it's been a total team effort. And we've really been talking about the staff, but clearly at least one, probably more than one now former player have been active in this recruitment. What's it like yeah. having Jalen, maybe Trace, really speak on your guys' behalf when they're no longer beholden to you, like they're out of there. Yeah, and it's a great thing. It's their experience, though. Um, They talk about their experience uh, that they had with Coach Woodson the last two years, uh, Jalen his one year. But um, it's it's a beautiful thing because, you know, uh, our, our, our players, our kids recruit the kids to campus, to be quite honest. Once we get them here, I always say it's our guy's job to to really seal the deal and make sure they have an enjoyable experience while they're here. Uh, and so um, I, I just think our guys have done a, a really good job, you know, reaching out. You know, these kids with social media, they start DMing each other and it's just, you know, they, they do their deal. And so they know if someone can help us, uh, they're going to reach out. So, but it is good that, you know, we got that kind of vibe here and in, in the chemistry on our team is where, you know, they know Indiana, like they want to help the program out. And so they do their job as well and do their Ward, Ward mentioned earlier about like, you know, we heard about the visit that it went well and it seems like every visit goes well, mm. but you've been around for a long time. <laughs> you don't have to name the coach, the head coach. You don't have to name the school but you have had to have hosted a visit that did not go well. Oh, that's what? several times. <laughs> right, give us, give See, us it doesn't example. always go well. Yeah. Don't give us the player name. I'm not asking for that, but what, what can happen? Give us like a story of a moment that happens on a visit where you're like, Oh no, this thing is going South. What, what could that be? Uh, it could be a factor of a lot of things. You, you, you know, you call the person the wrong name. I mean, it it could be. <laughs> have you, you know, ever called it, the person the wrong name? I, I think it, I may have done that uh, <laughs> once or twice, you know, not here, but, you know. And then when that happens, do you just guys. feel like everything yeah, goes dark? Yeah, yeah. Or if you, you suppose they've gotten something for the recruit or their parents and, you know, it didn't it didn't work out. It's like so many things that factor into it, you know. Um, but, yeah, no, uh, <laughs> it's a lot of things that can go wrong on those visits. <laughs> but, you know, you try to stay out of the way. And the one is, a big one is, you know, you take the kids to the dorms and, you know, something you can't control uh, what happens over, you know, in the apartments and you go take them to go see the apartments and, you know, you, you just you get a contact. You There's so many things that could go wrong over in the uh, in the apartments and dorms. So you don't know. 
but um, it's why we it, need players only dorms at Indiana. Yeah, we do. We do. Can you? I'm work serious about that. We, I think it's yeah, the number I, one thing that we should be spending money on. Amen to that. Because a lot, you, you know what? The programs we just went against. I know Kansas, Kansas has Kentucky, it. Yep. Uh, Louisville, they all have their player only dorms. And, you know, you can have a couple other people in there, but like, I, I would, yeah, tell That's you a huge to thing. hit that up. Believe Scott me. Scott Dawson, put that on Scott Dawson. Yes, team. exactly. <laughs> we need to. It's, it's hugely important. It's like no, you said, there's so many things that go into these recruitments. Yeah. If it's, if it's even Steven, and, yeah. and I've said this for a long time. Ward and I have talked about this, too. And tell me if you think I'm wrong here. But look, we know we want every player that you recruit to come to Indiana. But the truth is, there's a lot of great coaches out there oh, in yeah. college basketball. And there's a lot of really good programs. And mm. the same group of kids could probably go to a bunch of different places and have a great experience and go to the NBA. Every little bit matters when you're that close. And if Kansas and Indiana are really close and a kid really was enamored with players only dorms with their own security code to get in. That's a and huge thing. It didn't make a difference in this one, but it very well could have made a difference in yeah. many recruitments that yeah. it just I seems know McKenzie's like mom asked where, where there's security people, you know, around the dorm. So, I wow. mean, it, it is, is some parents are, are particular about, it, especially a freshman coming into college. Yes. Yes. You know, especially at a school in a program where the players are rock stars. Yeah, 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 yeah. So oh, that's exactly right. But, but speaking of rock stars, we've get we've we've got Mackenzie coming in, and there's there's yeah. that kind of hype around him. Um, talk to us about this player, this young man. Um, what you see in his game, what Co Coach Woodson sees in his game, and how you guys see him out there on the court for the Indiana Hoosiers next year. Yeah, just his uh, shot-making ability, his versatility. Um, you know, I think he's capable of scoring at all three levels uh, with his size, um, you know, getting better in ball screens. I don't know how many ball screens, you know, they ran from in high school. Um, but when you're playing a three for us, you know, we want our one, twos, and threes to be able to have some versatility with the ball screen and be able to use in – be able to attack off of that. So, um, but we're excited just because, you know, he, the work ethic, like the guy is uh, a worker and yes. his mentality, um, getting up early in the morning, working out. Um, even after dinner, when we were here, he wanted to come back and work out here after dinner. So uh, oh, just things that, like man. that, you know, a guy that wants to stay in the gym and, you know, his goal is to be a one and done. And, and obviously the stars got a line right, uh, not only for him, but for us as a team. Um, but I think that, you know, he really envisioned himself being able to do uh, what a Shafino did in the confines of how we play. So. Uh, how's Malik looking in this offseason? Is he working? He better be working. Yeah, he he actually uh, Malik's doing well. Uh, excited about him, you know. Obviously, he can transition on the perimeter a little bit more, and you know if that's what he wants to do, um, he has to put the work in uh, to to make that happen. But all our guys have been um, very good at uh, you know getting their workouts in. You know, we have a group chat where they post their workouts or you know showing that they're in the gym. 
um, because that's the only way that they're going to make a change and make a difference. Um, so this is not a time, you know, obviously they're at home right now, um, but this is a time you still got to work. You can't come back June 3rd uh, and be out of shape. You can't come back June 3rd and not have been in the gym for consecutive days. So I think our guys, it's the mentality uh, that we're trying to build here. And our guys are really uh, taking hold of it and, and, and trying to do their best. I, I, I wanted to ask you about, look, the, so much of your job is relationship building, whether it's with agents or parents or AAU coaches or kids. Mm -hmm. And one of the most difficult relationships, as it seems to me on the outside, is how do you balance going after kids in the transfer portal to upgrade the talent versus the kids that you already have on scholarship who might also be looking around going, wait a minute, I play that position. Right. right. You know, um, and, and I'm not trying, I'm not talking out of school here, but like you look at somebody like McKenzie, who's six foot eight mm -hmm. and can do some things on the wing. And you look at somebody like Kayla Banks, who's six foot eight and can do some things on the wing. How do you manage that with somebody like Caleb are you keeping him in the loop in the process are you talking to him through it his parents like what what goes on there yeah I, I think obviously with social media I mean all our kids know who we're we're looking at you know and so um I, I think they embrace that they understand that you know for us to be a good team we got to bring good players in and it just raises the level of competition and that's how you build championship teams. I mean, you got to raise your level. Um, so I think Caleb, you know, he learned a lot as a freshman. Um, you know, this spring, he had a really good spring. Um, and so I just think that it's going to bring a competitive uh, vibe into, you know, uh, our workouts and guys are going to compete. And, you know, at the end of the day, uh, I think it's only going to help our team um, if guys are raising their level and their practice is, is that competitive, um, that guys, you know, are going to get better every day, you know. So uh, that's, uh, you know, at the end of the day, they know we're going to bring in and recruit uh, talented kids. And it's their job uh, to make sure that's why working out during this time is very vital and important for their growth and our team's growth. So um, I think they embrace it. They know what it's about. And, um, you know, you either roll up your sleeves and fight or you, <laughs> or you run. Being a, yeah, good luck, you know. So, right. it's, you know, we're trying to bring uh, a competitive edge here and uh, okay. guys competing. So, And I think the coaching staff can establish culture, mentality. But at a certain point, you know, now rolling into year three and you have some continuity and you have some players who have been there the whole time, you know, mm -hmm. what What are you seeing from guys like X and Trey and Anthony when it comes to making sure, uh, say, the leadership void of if, if, if Trace is gone now and he was mm -hmm. the guy, you know, do you do you see that succession happening right away and those guys already taking charge in the summer? Yeah, well, we we had, we on our way to the summer, but what I have seen is, um, you know, certain guys pick up their level, like, you know, what they've seen, Miller Cop and Jalen Hushafino, who they worked out with, who they're in the gym with, the amount of time they spent in the gym. So it's kind of rubbing off on some of the guys that have been in the program now this past year and kind of got a glimpse of, 
you know, this is the way you go about it if you want to get to that next level. And that next level is where Shafino is, that next level, Miller Cop, the leadership, the the nuggets that he left for the guys in the locker room as far as what they need to do and step their game up uh, as far as the leadership role. So you see that, and it's kind of good that, you know, now – uh, the Galloways or Gallows are, are working out with with certain guys and making sure he's in the gym. You know, our, our guys they they are staying in the gym and getting in there multiple times, and uh, it's just it's it's good to see. And that's the culture that we're trying to build, and I think is rubbing off. You know, from last year, uh, from the summertime of guys spending a lot of time and getting quality shots and making sure they're getting their shots up. Uh, to now in the spring, like they're checking in and showing what they're doing in their workouts. So that's when you know you're, you're moving in the right direction, I think. Let's talk about NIL for a second, because that's mm. the other component of this transfer portal. And obviously we're pretty heavily involved in NIL. But mm. has it just become standard now that it comes up? Do, do almost every recruit's team or people around him bring that up to get an idea of of what's available and and we all know you guys can't promise money you can't tell them how much but you can talk about what's happened in the past and the opportunities that are available how prevalent is it in recruiting right now i mean we still stick to our standard i mean in the transfer portal is different because we've had guys coming in um and basically you know, we're trying to get these guys. I, I think they're the recruits in the 24 and the 23 class. Uh, we stick to our standards as academics, as playing, and then as NIL. And so we still kind of stuck to that as far as what we're doing. Um, but it's a big component. The, the problem that I have is that, you know, it's just you can compare notes, you know, uh, of what they were either in the trans. Let me take the transfer portal. What did you receive at your former school? And then it's kind of relative. And then we say, this is what our guys have gotten here. And so, and then we do a really good uh, presentation as far as showing all different types of NIL opportunities for uh, our student athletes here. And I think uh, Becky Paney does that and she does a really good job of, um, you know, kind of going down the list of things that we have and opportunities, but it, yeah, I mean, NIL is a big part of what we're doing. I still don't like it where, you know, that's the main focus of the recruit. Um, and so uh, if we can continue to have some success as far as, you know, the winning I think that we can still stay with those standards of academics is very important, you know, playing and then yeah. so but, we, but we... Kenya, I want to, I, I appreciate that because look, there've been some guys who have been very public about what they're getting or their teams have been public about what they're getting. Mm -hmm. And when you get a kid that comes in and you reach out and you find out if they just flat out say, and some of them do, Hey, it's going to take 500 to get yeah, you there. I mean, like that happened. Is that a kid that you guys basically try to stay away from? Is that because, I mean, my experience on the other side, once they're eligible for NIL deals, is those aren't the types of kids that we've been getting. No, um, we're not. We're staying away from kids like that. We really are. 
So do you think that's going to get harder and harder, though? Because do you think more kids are going to become savvy like that? It depends on if you're winning or losing. (laughs) You do. You really think that that makes the difference, that winning trumps the money? Yeah, I I think if if you're winning, um, you know, you don't have to dig that deep and go there. I think if you're losing, you're going to get desperate. And it could be about the money, and hopefully we can continue this trend of winning. Um, so it's not necessarily all about the NIL. Uh, obviously, it's a big part of what we're doing, sure. um, but it's just the sole focus is not on that. I've got to think the mindset at least of the top recruits who are realistically looking at a, a professional career that they're like, yeah, some money right now to help us, you know, get through and make a car payment or a mortgage payment or just be able to go out to eat with the rest of the team and not sweat it is really mm-hmm. nice. But it's got to be if they're serious about it, they've got to be looking at like, no, I need to be on the court with a successful team playing well in yeah. order to get the real money after college. Yeah. Uh, and they, they honestly got to be some, I think some standards put in place because um, it, it's kind of crazy. Like, you know, you want to pay kids a, a large amount of money. Um, and what if they don't produce? <laughs> what if they, you know, what if at you know it doesn't work out like they they thought it was early on in the season? So what are they just leaving and they just take the money? You know, you know. So it's just like um, it, they have to put something where you know you're not getting all of this money or they receive this money and now um, things don't go right and then they're just able to up and leave you. Yeah. But, but Kenya on the flip side, I could say that there's been coaches that that happens too. you make a guaranteed contract for a coach. It doesn't work out. That coach doesn't deliver what you thought they were going to deliver. That coach isn't given any of the money back. Yeah. You may be right on that, but they're not, they're, they're kids. Okay. So, <laughs> no. You, you're right. I mean, it's tricky, man. Yeah, it's, it's tricky. It is a tricky thing, but I, I just, you know, I, I'm this, this is all new to me as well, because it's just, sure. it's a different um, way of recruiting. Um, but, you know, at the end does of it the hurt day, it for you, does it take, does it take some of the, I'll, I'll be honest, it does for me and I'm involved in it. It does take some of the pure joy of just, watching a kid who wants to come to the cream and crimson for, you know, to hang another banner. It does change it a little bit when there's a transaction involved. Yeah. And I know you got into coaching because you love basketball and you love the relationships and you love helping a young man grow into becoming a, a full man. Right. Does this take some of the joy out? Have you found that at all? No, it, 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 no, um, the thing that I would say is, is that um, I really, you know, with the with these kids, like I've always talked about uh, the relationship part of it, and so um, that's when I said it's being transactional in that yeah. sense, where you don't get to know the recruit and their family um, the way when I was brought up in the business, that was the big thing. Obviously, the end goal is to see them, you know come in, you know, as an 18, 17, 18-year-old freshman 
and them grow through the process. Well, it's no more growth through the process. And that's what's kind of hard for me because yeah. if they don't get what they want, they're going to end up leaving. Right. You know, and right. go to a, another school. So it's kind of hard. I mean, let's let's face it that I, you know, I mean, we've had three guys in our program leave. It, you know, you build those relationships and it's kind of hard because, you know, you want them to do well. But at the end of the day, you know, they don't see it the way you think, you know, you see it. So, and if, if you're not seeing, if you're not on the same page, then someone has to go, but you know, did I want to see those guys leave? No, but at the end of the day, what's best for the program, you know? So um, it's a hard thing because you get close to the the kids and and the families and then, you know, it don't work out and then boom, it's gone. That that was going to be what I was going to say. Like, it's not always best for the program. You know what I mean? Like I look, I, and I'm not trying to say one or the other, but let's just talk about Tamar Bates was a guy that two years ago, all the conversations we're having about McKenzie, we were having about Tamar Bates. You know, he was the five-star borderline five-star that had committed to Texas with Shaka smart. And then that went away because Shaka left and he came up and we got him and oh my God, he's six, four, he can shoot. He knows he's a high basketball IQ guy. You talk to Tamar for five minutes, you fall in love with him because he seems to be about the right things. And here we are two years later. When you look at our roster, you go, man, it would be nice to have a six foot four guy who can shoot the ball a little bit. And Tamar left the program. So I don't know if that's best for the program. It may have been best for Tamar or what he thought was best, but that was a kid that you did build a relationship with and his family. And when we talked to Yah about it, Yah really took it personally because he works with the guards, you know, in practice. He was, Mm -hmm. and he said, I I think I didn't do a good enough job with, with Tamar. How hard was that one specifically for you? No, it, it was very hard. You know, like I said, you know, I, you know, in the short period of time, we did get him in the spring as well. Uh, but the building a relationship and then, you know, tomorrow went through, we all know, you know, what he went through in his first year here and just getting close to him and the family. Um, you know, that's the part that I'm talking about that, you know, I really enjoy and seeing them grow, you know, and going through the ebbs and flows, the ups and downs of the season and and seeing that growth. And, yeah, I mean, it, it's a tough thing when, you know, someone that you care about and you build that relationship and then, you know, they end up leaving. But, you know, I, I know the kid, you guys know, I, I think he will do well. I'm happy for him. And, and hopefully, you know, at Missouri that things work out for him. And his family, especially, you know, him having a daughter, um, you know, he wants to do well and have that responsibility. So, you know, he knows what he has to do. And, you know, I'm always going to be in his corner and cheering for him. See, and I think that's such a huge part of it is that commitment you have to a young man and his family, whether he chooses IU or not, or chooses IU and then goes elsewhere. I've got to imagine in this new world of the transfer portal, I mean, we've really already seen it with with your prior relationship with X coming into play and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So it just seems that it'll still be incumbent uh, upon you to build these relationships on the summer AAU circuits and with the high school kids 
and then whether they pick you first or maybe pick you later second and realize, oh, I should have picked him first, that yeah. that's still going to be coin of the realm of you having these relationships that are not like, oh, you didn't pick us. Screw you. I'm never talking to you again. Yeah. You maintain yeah. those relationships. Oh, without a doubt. That's the first and foremost. I mean, you're not going to get every kid. And, you know, when a kid says no, um, I, you know, thank you for your opportunity. And you just never know because, you know, the way our, the, the recruiting has changed, you know, a kid is unhappy, you end up getting them, you know, later on down the road. And that's definitely happened uh, to me on several occasions. Um, so, no, I never burn a bridge. And, uh, you know, I just, you know, at the end of the day, I wish them good luck and, you know, hopefully it works out for them. Um. With a kid like McKenzie or Tamar or Malik Renew, it's real easy for the fan base to go crazy because of rankings and stars and all and highlight reels. And he had committed to Duke. So and all these other schools are going after him. But then we get a commitment from a guy like Anthony Walker, mm -hmm. who doesn't have the hype or the buzz that a McKenzie has. Mm -hmm. He didn't have a huge role on this last year's Miami team. And and his role has kind of dwindled a little bit over his few years at, at Miami. We had him on the podcast and fell absolutely in love with him. We just mm -hmm. think he's got such a great personality and seemed to be about the right things when we asked him that. But yeah. what, what, what do you say to the fans who are like, wait a minute, why aren't we going after more five stars? What, why, why is he going to help us win basketball games? What would well, you say to that fan? I just, uh, you know, I like, like you said, you fell in love with him. Um, the thing that I like more, more than anything about Anthony, he knows what winning is about. Um, and again, although he made some sacrifices and not playing, like he was a guy, uh, when I talked to Jim Laranaga, um, he was a guy that they projected to start at the beginning of the season. And he ended up getting an ankle injury that kind of hampered him. And then uh, they ended up uh, putting Miller at the four. And they went small ball, and you know um, he did. He never bounced back from that um, at the beginning of the season. But in his sophomore year, he's a guy that had the opportunity to start and was productive. And I think we have minutes uh, for him um, that he can carve out a role. And you know his athleticism is something that you can't teach. And that's one thing that we wanted to get better at and address is being more athletic. Uh, we lost Jordan Geronimo. Um, so, you know, having a guy that can play multiple positions uh, and slide up and down the line, uh, we needed that. But, you know, he's a veteran. He he knows what it takes to win. Uh, he's been a part of a lead eight and a final four team. And so uh, I just think that uh, him being an older guy, um, I just think that he's still finding his way with his game, especially with his, his shooting. It's not that he's not capable of shooting. It's just building the confidence in that. And so um, I'm excited about, you know, getting him here and and really, you know, diving into his game. And just um, they also talk about his IQ for the game. He has yeah. a good feel for the game. And so I'm excited um, because I just think that, you know, the more guys that have that IQ, that kind of fits into Coach Woodson's umbrella, uh, just understanding because we run things kind of quick at times. 
and just being able to pick things up, I think he will he will uh, be able to do that. And just to complete the circuit with the portal kids signed up to date, Peyton Sparks, local mm. kid, grew up yeah. loving Indiana University, has mm. spent some time with the Ball State Cardinals. Oh, yeah. te- we haven't got a chance to speak with him. What's what's that guy all about? What's his game? How he, do you like it fitting in with what's in Bloomington right now? He's really going to help us. He's a guy, honestly, uh, as crazy as it sounds, so I knew about Peyton Sparks because the old coach there, James Whifford, and I worked together at Xavier. So mm-hmm. he has told me about Peyton Sparks before. So uh, the first time Peyton came here, uh, Whitford and I, Xavier used to play tennis and he used to say he kicked my ass, but he, he really didn't. <laughs> That's the first thing that Peyton said that Coach Whitford, uh, told him in tennis. Yeah. But uh, no, he, it, look, he, he had success his first two years at Ball State. I sure. mean, and I just think the one thing that we continue to hear is how hard he works. And I just think that, you know, getting him here. Uh, we had to address that again. We lost, you know, three front court, four front court players. Uh, so getting him early was a huge uh, addition for us. Um, and I just think that, you know, he's already, um, you know, he came back for orientation probably, I think it was last week. Um, and you can already tell that, you know, working out wise, he's, you know, slimmed down a little bit. And, you know, he, he's working he, he, and he's in the group chat as well. And so I think he knows that, you know, we have guys in place, but he, he can carve out a role for himself and, and really help us as well. And that's what I like is like he brings uh, a worker's mentality uh, that's going to help us. You know, it's going to help Khalil push him, uh, push Malik. Um, and, and so I think. Uh, him coming in and working hard is really going to help our team overall. Uh, injuries are uh, obviously a huge part of the game of basketball. As yeah. fans, we always want updates on injuries. The biggest injury right now in the Indiana University world is the knee of Mike Woodson. How <laughs> is he recovering? Is he back on the court pretending that he can still shoot? What's yeah. going on? You know, he, 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 he's, uh, he's getting better cause he's talking more shit around the office. So, <laughs> um, that, that I do know, um, but no, he, he, he's coming back. Uh, I mean, if you saw him on McKenzie's visit, he was dressed to a T, you know, he came in ready. Uh, so he's, he's getting a little bit of his swagger back. And so, um, uh, Slowly but surely, he he will be back on the court shooting those line drives right into the game. <laughs> <laughs> has he turned? I, I I think the answer to this is no, which is disappointing to me. But has he been able to turn you into a cigar smoker at all? No. Well, I mean, what no. what needs to happen for that to happen? No, no. That's not your don't, thing. Don't need that in my life. Sometimes I have smoked once or twice, but yeah, that's, that's, that's a habit that I, I don't, I don't want to get uh, used to. Although I, you know, you love it war. You love oh, yeah. it. Yeah. Look at, look at, I, look I mean, at us. He, I, I, when okay. I'm around Eric, I smoke cigars and yeah, we do yeah. these over zoom. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, listen, Ward, I think uh, we've taken up a bunch of Kenya's time. He's uh moments away from vacation yes i uh, am 
Can't wait. And Kenya, it's been uh, an exciting, tumultuous roller coaster of an off season for fi- the fan base. I'm sure you watch the fan base lose their shit on a regular basis and just want to tell everybody to calm the F down. But I mean, it's been a hell of a ride getting guys like Khalil and, and now McKenzie in that are obviously like frontline guys and then really great depth and experience with Peyton and Anthony. And we get the sense that we ain't done yet, which is exciting. Um, But we, we love talking to you, Kenya. We appreciate your insight and your honesty and uh, you let us bust your balls, which we really like too, yeah, and you bust ours yeah. back. So that's always good. <laughs> no, I appreciate you guys as always, man. All that you do for the program, and so I'm excited to get these guys back here on June 3rd through the 5th, and and uh, get going. Our eight weeks have, was, you know, beneficial for us last year, and hopefully, uh, with these new guys, I'm I'm ready to get them here and and get to work. We all appreciate the hard work you've been doing. Enjoy the well-deserved time off. And we'll oh, yeah. all be waiting for you to get back and um, going crazy over whatever <laughs> happens between now and the beginning of the season. You never know. You never know. <laughs> Let, let's also not forget the fantasy camp is coming back in just a few months. Yeah, I got to get make sure compliance I can get approved at playing. Yeah, um, you need to get approved. And, and I also yeah. want to point out, you better be working on your three-point game because last year mm. when when we had a little fun throwing up shots beforehand. I didn't do bad. No, but you didn't do much better than me. Yeah. And oh, that really? means you did uh, real bad. That's uh, what that means. Man, man. I, well, I, listen, you won't get close this time. I'm okay. All right. That. I you like it. Penny, we love you, man. Be good. I appreciate you guys, man. Thank you. That was a guest. That was a guest. It is always so much fun talking to him, right? The insight, the little stories that you get. I just, I love everything about Kenya Hunter. He is the anti-us. He's cool. (laughs) He's laid back. He's measured. He's smart. He's good looking. (laughs) He's He's in great shape. He smells good. (laughs) (laughs) You and I could smell good too with his spice bomb cologne. Uh, Some highlights for me. Breaking news, investigative journalism, HHN, Hoosier Hysterics, News Network. (laughs) Mackenzie Mbako's mom texted Woody on her own to get that recruiting started. Had you heard that before? I absolutely hadn't. And my mind just started going into a magical place of that. The word is out. Coach Woodson is uh, a a basketball whisperer, send your young man to coach Woodson. He will teach him how to play the game to get to the next level and how to become a young man uh, ready for everything that comes with being an NBA player in the process. It's, uh, you know, one has to think, is that a, is that a mellow thing? Like what, what are the connections? Well, we're going to talk to McKenzie very soon. We're going to talk to McKenzie. The word is Carmelo called him. I'd heard that, but I, I wonder if that that stuff predates that relationship predates, hey, you should give Coach Woody a call. Did it come from did it come from there? Oh no, I don't think so. I think Woody, Woody called in the course of the recruitment. What I was taking from Kenya is they're from the the East Coast, the greater New York area. Yeah. And they know Woody from the Knicks. Yeah, but but something had to have been 
whether it's in their own mind or somebody suggested it to them of like, hey, you should you should talk to Coach Woodson. Like the word is out that Coach Woodson yeah. is doing a good thing in Bloomington and whether they had just uh, accumulated that knowledge over the last year or two themselves or somebody planted that seed and they acted on it, it's very good news. Oh, totally. And I do think, look, Mike Woodson was a beloved figure in the New York area. You know, up until this year, he was the last guy to have any success there. And he was very well liked in the New York area. We know that the players love him. So he be, he was a name that was meaningful to fans there. So I'm sure, I mean, I like to think that, and we'll ask McKenzie, but the Duke thing doesn't work out for whatever reason. You're looking around going, well, who should my son play for? Oh, you know who? I know is coaching college basketball is this guy who I loved when he was coaching my Knicks. Like, but, but all of that does just play into why Woody has some advantages that a lot of coaches simply don't have. Then back it up with how great he is in the room. I love Kenya talking about how like dressed to a T he was on the visit, but just shows, I think an effort and a, um, a dedication that like, we need this. We're going all out for it. And, and look what happened. They were able to beat Louisville, beat Rutgers, beat St. John's, and ultimately beat Kansas is a real testament to Woody and the staff. It's awesome. Yep. Um, and I do wonder how much we're going to end up talking about this in the intro, just in terms of everything going on with this recruitment. So maybe Fair. maybe we keep it tight here because we in, already talked about it. <laughs> yes. In the future, we already talked about it. Yeah. Um, other things I really liked. I loved Kenya's perspective on NIL. And, you know, how it's very important and Indiana does a great job of presenting it. But at the same time, they're trying to stay away from kids where NIL is the leading factor. And, and I think that's a good move. I mean, what do I know? But my, my, you know, dime store psychology opinion on it is that you want guys with the attitude of Anthony Walker. I mean, mm -hmm. you want guys that want to win above everything else and want to develop for the next level. And then, like you said, Great. Getting some money right now is great, but it can't be the driving factor. And if it is the driving factor, I worry about those kids affecting team chemistry, being about the right things for sure, building a culture that you want to build. I, I just thought his perspective on that and how it's been hard for him because there's this transactional component now that didn't exist before when it was all about relationships and he's had to adapt and change. That's, that's an interesting, you know, transformation that he has to just deal with yeah and i think ultimately you get the players that are a good fit and are right for the culture and the team team chemistry and you have time to develop that and now there's there's more of a risk of losing that early because they yes. take off um for greener pastures at least in their mind i just think the idea that there's there is a finite number of players who are good enough and also have the right mindset and yeah, you it's a small pool it's a small pool and so as he said you know we don't go after a lot of players and there's an argument that coach woodson there's even less players that he's really focused on and identifies them and puts on the the nice suit for and turns on the full charm offensive and it's reassuring that not only are we identifying these players who are clearly very skilled with tons of potential, but also have that attitude and we can get them. And that's without even having made it to the second round of the NCAA tournament. You know, heaven forbid 
we really start rolling with on-court success at the level, you know, of the Can- Kansases and Dukes, um, you it'll it'll really be unstoppable. But to get to that point, you do need to win a few of these against the teams that have already established themselves as that kind of powerhouse. We've got to get back to that. And it's a, it's a catch 22. How do you get back to that without the, the talent, but how do you get the talent but, without but, getting back to that? But, but we're seeing it though in real mm-hmm. time. And here's yeah. how it works. Here's how it works. I mean, I'm just going to follow one strain of it. Okay. Kenya for a long term built a relationship with angel Shafino and Jalen hood Shafino. He was recruiting them for a long time. He recruited them for more than a year and a half. And he was in on him pretty early and built the relationship. Jalen was probably better than what his ranking said he was, even though he was ranked in the top 25 in the country. He was probably a top 15 player or something like that, you know, but built the relationship. Many schools didn't go after Jalen, probably because they didn't think he could shoot all that well. We get him. You develop him. You get him into the first round of the NBA. He becomes a one-and-done when people thought that he was almost surely a two-year player at least. He becomes a guy who loved his experience. He reaches out to Khalil Ware. He reaches out to Mackenzie Mbako. Those guys decide to come. Now you've got two guys as opposed to one, not to mention Malik Renu, who came because. And now you've got enough talent to start winning games to the level that you just talked about. And now you don't just need Jalen. You've got three guys pitching it and the program pitching it. It just builds on itself. And Rabbi has said this for a long time. It's not about winning first. You have to get the talent first. Like he does say clearly, get the talent first, however you can get him. Kenya got it from elbow grease and relationship building. And now look at what has blossomed just in a year from that, from Jalen. As you're describing it, it, it was a, a lovely picture you painted. And I imagined, oh, you know, say these class of 25 recruits um, taking their official visits and seeing on the wall with all those NBA players, seeing Trace and Jalen and Khalil and McKenzie, you know, hot off the presses, boom on the wall. Because there's, there's, there's nice ones in there for sure, but as far as like, no, these are the players this coaching staff has put in. And to your point of like, Jalen was probably better than the rankings said they were. Maybe, I don't know, but I think there's little doubt that this coaching staff brought him to another level and showed that he clearly was one of the very best players in the class. Cause I don't know how many one and duns are going or would be one and duns are actually entering the draft and expected to go in the top 15 or so, but that's, it's just such a great, Oh, we, we no longer have to give you our theory as to what we are going to do here. We can just point you to those four big shiny pictures on the wall that we've put up in the last two years. Yeah, I, I exactly right. It's exciting, man. It, it is really exciting. I cannot wait now for August to come so that we can be around these guys and you can too. Uh, we talked about it in the intro, but we'll talk about it again. Who's your fantasy experience.com. We've got the golf outing. We've got the fantasy camp. You want to be around Khalil Ware and Mackenzie Mbako and Anthony Walker and Peyton Sparks and Anthony Jaka- Leal and Xavier Johnson. And, and Ja'Kai Newton and Gabe Cups. Gabe, Get to know yes. these new kids. 
you leave that weekend being friends with the Indiana University men's basketball team, coaches and players alike. Can you put a price tag on it? Yes, we did. <laughs> um, we did. There is a price tag on it, but I would argue it's discounted because that experience is truly uh, I wish I could say it's once in a lifetime, but you can do it every year. I mean, it's a, it's an amazing, amazing experience. But but with the studs we have coming through this program now, some of these guys, it is only it is going to be a once in a lifetime experience. You're absolutely right. Well, and it is a once in a lifetime for that team, no matter what. That's right? true. Yep. So, uh, as always, follow us on Twitter at Hoosier Hysterics for the hysterics. No e, no i. But the sometimes why. But I have nothing to do. You have nothing. You are completely <laughs> irrelevant at the end of the show now. Ward, let's do another one of these next week. Okay. From the halls of assembly, you'll hear us scream and shout. Our love of Indiana is manic and devout. Everything I do, we discuss in unique manner. We won't be satisfied until we hang another banner. Us two goofy guys go by names of Ward and Eric. And as you probably know by now, we're Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Hoosier Hysterics. Some people just know there's a better way to do things. Like bundling your home and auto insurance with Allstate. Or hiring someone to move your piano instead of doing it yourself. So... Do things the better way. Bundle home and auto and save up to 25% with Allstate. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.